Well, um, welcome to uh, the VLI Nepal team. Um, this is just a portion of them, but uh, would you like to introduce who you are and, um, yeah. yeah. I'm Hannah. She's based in Birmingham. <laughs> um, I'm Lily. I'm originally from Singapore, but I've been in UK for like 14 years, but mainly uh, living in Norwich. Hi, I'm Sylvia. I'm from London. I used to be in BCEC maybe about like six, seven years ago. Hello, I'm Brenda. I'm from this church. <laughs> Hello, my name's Yang. I'm from uh, this church. Yay! Yay! So, so Yang was the, the team leader of this mission team, right? Um, so can you tell us more about, you know, how you got this team together and, um, you know, what happened then and at the start? Okay. <coughs> um, so um, a lot of us from this church are part of uh, Brand Life, Jason, as well. And uh, usually we will hold fundraisings in different places and, and uh, come to churches to share. Uh, so um, we, we went to Norwich in, in April, June, uh, to fundraise, and that's where we met Lee. And, uh, but yeah, I think, I think uh, we just, it's actually a lot of friends actually that joined uh, the team. So we usually uh, recruit about three, four months before the trip, and then we have training throughout uh, the whole uh, period leading up to um, the actual mission. Uh, and then we do some fundraising together. And then we go for one week or two weeks. Uh, and then we come back and we share the great things that God has done. So, yeah. That's, that's a so, is this your second time going to Nepal? This is my second time oh, to Nepal. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And have you guys been to Nepal before? Or? Yeah. yeah. Um, and and you, have you been before? Yeah. Have you, where did you go before? Philippines. Philippines. So, so, how, so how, um, how did you feel before going to this trip then? Me. To Nepal, yeah. Um, so, so, so like Yang said, we have we have um, tr training sessions before um, the trip. So the first training session was li literally just to get to know one another, um, and uh, I kind of said, if if there is a need, I'll I'll go. Um, but Yang went by faith and tell everybody that we're doing medical clinic without finding a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess you're a doctor, right? I am. Yes. <laughs> That makes you qualified to go? <laughs> that makes me qualified to run a medical clinic. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, yeah, so, so then Yang was like, oh, please, please, Hannah, if, if you don't go, I mean, I mean, we can, we can, but, but you know, it's better, it's better, you know, the Yang way. And then, um, <laughs> so I, I have to say I semi felt pressured to go because, um, because Yang's really made promises. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't want to go. It wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, God's called me to go. Um, I think which is quite different from the rest of the team. Um, yeah, but uh, I think leading up to it, I think God's very faithful in sort of, um, if, if he asks you to do something or if he wants you to do something, and he's really faithful to actually prepare your heart. And I actually, three weeks before the trip, like, before I was, when I was talking about it, I was like, oh. Mm. But actually three weeks before I was going, to go, I, I actually felt this strange, miraculous sense of excitement to go, um, coming from nowhere. Uh, when I was just, people were assuming I was constantly asking me, how are you feeling now? How are you feeling now? And I was just like, okay. But actually, it was really good because it, it kind of dated a timeline of how, how God was working in my heart without me even realizing. Mm. And how about Lily? So it was your first time, is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah, my first my first time in mission trip. So, um, so I've got to know about BLI uh, when um, the Philippine team went to Jason's mom's house in Norwich. 
Um, so, um, so I met the team when we had the when we met up for the fundraising dinner. Um, I was kind of stirred by um, how the team's desire to just follow God, you know, and 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 be on the mission team. So. Um, but on the other hand, I was like, oh, no, you know, they, they all look really young. They are like 20s, you know. Um, I'm in my, like, mid 40s and, you know, um, never been on a mission. And, you know, I just let the lies just come to my head. But um, I kind of got encouraged by um, the team. Say, oh, no, no, you know, team is, uh, age is not an issue, you know. But so somehow God just, you know, planted that seed in my heart. Um, but I didn't follow up on it. So that was in June. And then in July, when I was in France having a holiday, sometimes when you're on holiday, you get a quiet moment with God. And that's where he kind of stirred my heart again. Wow. Um, and then I just felt like, you know, there's nothing to lose. You know, I can just say, oh, you know, we'll leave it to next year, you mm. know, maybe Philippine or whatever. But I kind of choose to obey God. Mm. Um, I don't know what he's got plans for me but you know uh you know if you choose to obey him he will just pave the door you know pave the way yeah. um but then another excuse is like um i'm not a doctor i'm not a nurse you know <laughs> what am i going to do a mission trip you know it's like how can i contribute you know um but then i kind of silly uh, wrote on the form to young that um I, I assisted in kids' work before, you know, and then Young said, oh, can you do kids' work? I was like, oh, great, you know. Um, it, it's getting me out of my comfort zone. Um, it's, I really struggled. I was sharing with Sylvia, and oh, what am I going to do, you know? How, you know, there, would there be language barrier? But, but God is so good, you know, and it turned out that at the end of the trip, all the girls or all of them say how good I was with kids' work. You know that I'm gifted. So it's, it's God is amazing. So so the lesson is, you know, I encourage you all. You know, when you're sitting there, if you know you feel stir, or I encourage you to just don't let it park it. You know, just um, obey God. You know, once you know God, just look at your heart. It's not about your age. It's not about whether you can or cannot do. Um, you know, once you know, if if you if you just say yes to God, you know, and you know, in and and, and you say, I will go. Um, you just let your thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And yeah, and it will be good. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Lady, for sharing that. It's really exciting to hear, you know, how that journey um, to Nepal started. Um, Yang, would you like to give us... Oh, sorry, wrong one. Would you like to just go briefly, you know, what the plan is for the sharing? Okay, um, so... Or your journey. Um, we were in Nepal for two weeks. Uh, and uh, we, we did quite a different thing. So medical was part of it. Actually, it was like probably just 20, 30%. Um, so when, when Hannah was like, maybe, maybe she can't go, I'm like, mm, it's got really pushing us to, uh, like, to have a BLI team that is not medical because we haven't had that yet till date. But after this trip, I really saw like, yeah, we can definitely go next time to do a non-medical. Even we, if we have doctors, we can do a non-medical mission trip, uh, which is... Uh, yeah, good news for everyone that's not doctors. Uh, but anyway, uh, we are in three main places. So uh, we were in Banipades, our host church, which we will talk about more, uh, which we did youth work, uh, women ministry, um, uh, medical camps, uh, and so on and so forth. A lot of teaching that we do there. And then we go to Brick Factory, which is uh, more in like the more slum area, which you will see some photos. And the last bit that we went was uh, Chitwan Orphanage, which... Uh, uh, it's amazing. Yeah, there's about 200 
children wow. um, that are lovely. Yeah, so that's the three main places that we will share today. Okay, so what's, what's this one, Alvin? Where was this? Uh, this is in the host church, Banepa. Yeah, okay. yeah. Would, would you like to, would Sylvia like to share a bit about the host church? Yeah, yep. sure. Yeah. Um, there's like, we did so much with the host church. So the host church was called Rofeka Church, and it was led by a senior pastor called Pastor N.P., um, and he's amazing. He's just really shown us like what humility is and what serving God is like. So he's had a vision like many years ago that he'll open over 200 churches or 200 churches by 2020. Wow. And by God's grace, they've actually opened more than that. It's like 217, I think now. Wow. And what we mean by churches, it's like daughter churches where they go and kind of disciple, train people up and send them out. So it's really, really amazing. We had the opportunity to visit maybe like uh, four or five of the daughter churches and also the opportunity to um, preach there. Um, oh. I'm no preacher. I am not qualified or trained like, the, you know, theologically, but I really praise God that he's given me the opportunity to go and share just a little bit about um, myself and a bit about the Bible. So yeah, that was really nerve wracking, but praise God, <laughs> pushes out of our comfort zone. That's how we grow. Okay. <laughs> um, the other things that we did with the church, um, Apart from the medical clinics, um, youth uh, camp and ministry, women, women's ministry, I think what really um, touched my heart was one night we were just praying with the youths. Um, we had worship with the youths, and then I think David delivered a small sermon, and then afterwards we were just asked to just lay hands on their shoulders and just pray for them. And because of the language barrier, I, I couldn't actually communicate or I didn't know what, say, this girl that I was praying for, I didn't know what she was going through, but... For some reason, when I laid my hand on that girl, I just started crying. And I've never done that. Like, it's never happened to, be me, like, to me before to pray for a stranger and to, to cry for them. So I really think that the Holy Spirit was really moving in me. That, you know, God's love and compassion was just overwhelming for them. So that was really, like, eye-opening for me. Um, and the other thing that I just wanted to share was um, how Pastor NP and his church is so blessed in that they are a church in, in Nepal, Rafeka Church is like really respected there because they have 360 degree like um, ministry. So not only do they serve as a church, you know, they have their Saturday, Saturday service, which is their Sunday service. Um, they also serve the homeless, the poor, the elderly, the sick, um, the youths. So they literally um, open their house up to everybody, including us. Their hospitality was amazing, by the way. Um, they, yeah, they serve in... I just don't know how the way they serve. It's just so amazing and humbling that they open everything that they have, everything like they eat, they, they give. Um, and I think he gave me a story where this, this man was just found on the street, kind of like left for dead. I think he was just like drunk and probably got, I don't know, he was just like on the street. But after he was sent to hospital because he was homeless, they actually didn't know where to send him. So they sent them to Rafeka Church. So this is just like an example of like them serving the people. And that's why they've, They've got a lot of respect in that place. Um, because in Nepal, actually, it's, it's against the law to preach publicly or, like, spread the gospel. So, um, yeah, for them to, to be respected is a massive thing in Nepal. Um, so, yeah, I learned a lot from our host church and pastor MP. I think Yang could fill in a lot more. Um, yeah, um, I want to talk about the medical camp that we did there, um, which, uh, which Hena led. Um, so thank you to Hannah that we have a medical camp there. Yay! Yay. Um, so, so like in, in uh, what Sylvia said, in Nepal, we can't openly preach the gospel. Uh, and, you know, in the many trips that we've been to, we do the medical clinics where you have the triage, then you see the doctor or the dentist, and then you go to the pharmacy. 
and then we start praying for them there. And that's where we always see a lot of uh, God moving in signs and wonders and miracles in the Philippines trip and so on. But in Nepal, you can't really do that because uh, um, it's in the public. It's an open space. So we can't really pray. So, uh, yeah, so it was, it was very tough for um, the team because um, when we see, see someone come with like, oh, I have a arm pain or a back pain, we just know, you know, like God can just heal. We just, if we can just pray. So you can, can you understand that frustration? Like, oh, I want to pray for you, but oh, it's, I need to be wise as well. So um, I, I just want to share a story of a, a team member that um, was feeling uh, like that. So he's, he's, uh, he was very torn. Like, he, like you see all this sort of sickness around you and, and you know that you know that God can heal them if you just pray for them, you know, uh, and, and speak God's healing upon them. So, uh, so he went to a room and prayed and, and like, God, why, why, why do you bring me here if I can't pray for people, you know? I mean, you know, uh, then God just said, go to the pharmacy and just serve as a pharmacist. He, 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 he heard that. So he just went to the pharmacy uh, and, and just like faithfully giving out medicine. And then, um, then the, the opportunity came. There was a guy, there was a, a deaf boy that came uh, and, and sort of had like pain in the arm. Um, so I think he, I don't know why he started praying that. And so he's like, can I, can I pray for you through a translator with sign language? Um, then the boy said, yes, pray. So after he prayed, the pain was gone. So I think, I think we just saw a spark of faith in the boy. Uh, and then uh, he just started saying, can I pray for your ears? Um, which, because I was... He was, he was deaf? He was deaf, yeah. So I was the leader and I was like constantly trying to gauge between how far you, you follow God's prompting and how far you exercise uh, human wisdom to not cross the line. So I was like, okay, I, feel, I, I felt at peace as well at the time. Uh, and so, so he just went to a corner and, and just started laying hands on the ear. Um, and and it, was, it was quite amazing because a few of us were actually there. Um, and he, he started hearing. Uh, the deaf boy started hearing um, for the first time. And then, and then he, uh, David was like, say one. Two and then there's there's a video somewhere that that he said say one two three so I got here and he could speak so a lot of deaf people like never exercise their cords so I think they can't even like they don't know how to print, print, um, make sounds um, so that was not just one deaf boy there was a second deaf boy that came now this was I think David got a little bit more experience now so <laughs> so yeah he he was praying and I was I was just like the gatekeeper because like uh, there's Hindus around. Um, the deaf boy was from a deaf school uh, where the principal's a Hindu. How we know is with the red dot here. Um, and they would walk in and out. But I guess at that point, I felt like we built enough trust with the people. And, and I mean, we're foreigners. We come all the way here to still love them. So I think that was that trust. Um, so, so I just say, go ahead, go ahead and pray. So he, he prayed. And this time, the second deaf boy here as well. Wow. And then I think... Th- I think maybe it was the Holy Spirit told David, like, just play a song. So he took out his phone and played Reckless Love and like, listen to this. Uh, <laughs> nice, nice, is it nice? And that was, that was such a touching moment. I think Lily was there uh, um, and she just started crying, uh, seeing how God worked. And, and I thought it was so beautiful because the deaf boy, because a, a, a person's willingness to uh, just go, you know, push the boundary a little bit and with wisdom, that boy could hear, and the most—that isn't the the most imbra- amazing part—that he heard reckless stuff for the first time. Um, but the principal with the red dot, a very thick one, was right beside, seeing all this, 
and helping translate. Oh. It's like, yeah. And so, so, um, so then after that, David's like, search a photo of Jesus on Google image and say, follow him, follow him. And the principal with the red dot say, he is saying, follow this person in the phone. <laughs> Direct translation. Yeah, wow. follow him, you know. Uh, and I, I, he, so this, these people are all from the deaf school. So I don't know what, what's that going to cost in that deaf school. But it's very near our host church. So anything the host church can, um, can follow up. But uh, I know the teachers say, okay, now that you can hear, you can go to a different class where they hear better than the complete deaf. So, so praise God. Praise God praise for that. God. Yeah, wow. yeah. That's incredible. Oh, yeah. Can I just add yes, on sure, to... Sure, sure. Um, so um, I, I was just doing the crowd control. I wasn't in the room, but I could hear David be, hallelujah, amen. You know, it's, uh, so it just kind of like caught my attention and I just went into the room. So I, I saw, you know, how he kind of, you know, kind of asked the, the deaf boy, you know, to say one to five or whatever, even close the eyes, you know, so that the deaf boy is not just lip reading. So he was really, you know, hearing, and then he was so um, delighted in uh, hearing the songs. Um, it's just, it just, I just, at that moment, I could see tears in his eyes, tears of joy. Um, and then you just sent warm in my heart that, oh my gosh, like, God, you, this is the first time I see a miracle happen at close range. You know, I know about that God heals and blah, 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 you know, but this is the first time I was in so close is He's basically standing just right there. Um, so it's just, it's just, you know, that our God that we serve heals, yeah. heals. And compared to the sick people that I saw, um, there were Hindus, you know, they're worshipping a God that just brings suffering, but we are worshipping a God that heals. So that's amazing. Yeah, it, it will stay with me for the rest of my life. Wow. So this was the start of the mission trip, right? Wow. It's like the first day. The first day of the mission trip. Wow. So um, tell me, what happened here then? This is, what is this? The Brick Factory. Um, would Brenda like to share anything? You've been a bit quiet. <laughs> uh, in Kamandu, there are many of these we call the Brick Factory. You see, in the, uh, in the winter, in the dry season, so uh, the farmer just... Uh, uh, lend out the uh, land to uh, people because uh, there are uh, uh, quite a lot of uh, bricks to build houses. So many people from uh, uh, many different places come over here. They, they stay there for six months, so uh, they bring their family with them. So most of them, they're really poor. So the children, they got nobody to look after, they're just running around, and there's, uh, they build really temporary uh, uh, accommodation. So uh, we met, there's, some, uh, there's a missionary uh, uh, we met, it's called uh, Dr. Michael. He just saw the lead of these children. He just, he, he, he built a kind of education center uh, to those uh, people, uh, those children. Just such as, we give you an example, just uh, one brick factory. There's uh, 500 people coming from uh, different places. About 200, they're adults. And they are the parents. They're busy just uh, doing bricks, thinking of just they just one make one brick is one rupee, and uh, one pound is hundred and forty rupee. So they work really hard. It's just for a whole day. They just might be just earn one pound. So uh, they're really poor. So they got no time to look after the the, the children. So the children. So uh, uh, 
this is Dr. Michael, the missionary working there. He got a heart to look after the poor people, to look after uh, those children. So he built some uh, uh, educational center, hired some teacher to just give some education to those local people. Uh, from this mission work, I can see that when we go, we, we said that uh, we love our labors, and said that uh, who will be our labors? And just uh, he really just go and do so just uh, Jesus' love to those people because uh, they are some people, the, the society, the, they, they, they are neglected, they are forgotten. Yeah. So, uh, so we, we got uh, two days uh, working around this uh, big factory. We got medical uh, clinic because uh, we want to provide some care, some medical care for those people. So we, if we some, have you got some picture? We got some, oh, okay. We got some picture, it's just, uh, we, we just uh, have some medical center in really just a primitive, uh, uh, just got a roof, and just the ground, it just saw the ground. So they are really poor, and we just provide some um, medical care. So people come, that people come mostly, they complain of some bad pain. Mostly it's caused by hard work. So all we give them is just paracetamol. But we said that that's not enough. So we pray for those people because we just see that. And then, uh, yeah, this is what we do. And the team were really working really good. He just, uh, although no, he just, Hannah is the only doctor, and I'm just a nurse, so uh, nobody got any medical training, but they're really, we are in a good team. We just uh, distribute uh, uh, the, the medicine and triaging uh, people, and just, we are there, yeah. So, so I heard that um, a certain, uh, Sil is it Sylvia or Lily? Or someone, someone was uh, trying to get people... Who was, who was that, Lily? Would you like to share about what happened during this? Time? Yeah, so on the second day, um, we, were, um, we went to this um, break factory at the last minute. So, um, so we arrived and we set out, and thank God for the location, we set out in the rice mill. But we need to tell people that uh, a medical you know, clinic is available, it's here today. So, um, you know, God gave uh, Hui Hui the wisdom to say uh, we should probably record uh, like an 18-second message, a Nepalese message. And uh, thank God I, I, I brought a, uh, a Bluetooth speaker, a oh. mini one. So, so what we did was, uh, you know, through God's wisdom, uh, we, we, we got a, a Lokendra, Lokendra to record the message. And uh, so five of us, you know, who are non-medical, we went out uh, to uh, the, the village, to the houses, and we are like holding this speaker and advertising then advertising it, advertising, like, it to you know, like how those politicians, you know, come <laughs> and join, you know, so come and join. So, wow. so that's what we did, and um, and people were curious. It's uh. like, why are these five Chinese, you know, coming in blue t-shirt, you know, walking around and playing something? So, but it's like how it's like I was just thinking how amazing it is if we, if we could just brought God's message, you know, Jesus is the healer, you know, but, you know, obviously we can't, but um, we did that for two hours, yeah. and uh, we, we met some lovely people, we went to the slums area, uh, we, we, we just, uh, you know, just tell them about um, the, tri uh, the, the uh, clinic, and 107 people turned up oh, that wow. day. Oh, wow, just so from just you out there, and just using your initiative, what you have, yeah. and just yeah. letting what people know. Yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. Incredible. That's really incredible. Um, wow. So that was the brick factory. So I think uh, further on, you have photos of the orphanage. I think it was. 
um, would Sylvia like to share about the orphanage or anything? Or Hannah? Or Hannah? What happened at the orphanage? I just want to say as well, if you're, you're not a medic, it's actually more fun to be a non-medic on the trip. Like, really? being a medic is really boring. Like, you don't you get, get to do to stuff like that. You get to witness all this healing. <laughs> <laughs> you get to witness all the healing. No, you sit in a room and see patients, which is really boring. Like. <laughs> um, so, so what's this This is about? Chitwan Orphanage, which is six hours away from Kathmandu. Like, everyone had to take um, anti-sickness pill and just literally zonked out because it was really bumpy. Roads were literally made out of hard rocks, so um, the journey there itself was um, bad. Um, uh, but yeah, we got there and it was just um, paradise. It's it's really difficult to explain what it means. So you 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 leave sort of Kathmandu and all these places, and then you take this six-hour journey. You feel like it's never-ending, and then suddenly you drive into this massive field of fourteen-acre land, and then two hundred kids is at the gate just waiting for you to get off the van. Like, you couldn't even get off the van because the kids are just... You know when you like, when, when there's a, like, a massive concert and then like the, the guy at the stage just like, sort of fall because there's so much crowd um, and then they just won't fall on the floor. It's, it kind of feels like crowd, that when you... Crowd surfing? Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so it feels like that when you get off the van, the kids are just so... like The, the whole point is that they so warmly mel- welcome you. There's just this immense presence of just their love for you who, who they've never met. Um, and they're orphanages, they've never been loved. And that, that, that's one thing that completely blew my mind. It's like, these people, um, you know, are either un- unwanted or their parents have not been there to show them love. But they are there um, completely immersing us in, you know, what they understand. Like, they, they are the people that tr- have truly experienced God's love and are able to really overflow with God's love to people who do not know. So this, the orphanage, it's, it, it's massive. So th- this is just part of the picture. Um, that's that, that's half of the school that you saw in there, um, and there's about fourteen classes, fourteen years. Yeah, so two hundred kids. They used to have six hundred, but from last Nepal sharing, I'm sure you guys, uh, those of you who were here, um, there's been governments sort of clamped down, and they had to send about half the kids back. So it's better now um, from a government point of view. So they're getting a few students back, um, but there's only about two hundred to three hundred still. Um, just on that note, um, with the government persecution, um, the Pastor Lee, who is the kind of uh, lead pastor who formed the um, Chetwan Orphanage from ground up, um, he was like showing us a tour on the last day we were there, and um, it was really sad to see. But where the people were, where the children were living, there used to be like pictures of Jesus or like um, you know the word Jesus and all that. But actually, the government told them to wipe all that out. So you could see the painting used to be there and then wiped out. So the persecution is real there, and it's really sad to see that. Um, yeah, that happening. Um, uh, what I learned also from the um, Chitwan Orphanage was that um, every day they get up at like 4, 4.30 and have devotion at 5. It really put us to shame because I was like, I'm, we're not morning people. We discovered we don't like mornings, um, especially that, that early in the morning. Um, so we woke up like at the break of dawn, actually before dawn, like 4.30 to join them in their devotion, which was amazing. So just from like what Pastor and his wife have shown and sewn into the kids, like devotion at 5, First thing, worship God. And then the last thing they do at night is worship God as well. So that was really, really amazing. Um, and I just want to say, like, the children there are so talented. It's amazing, like, to see the gifts that they all have. So they welcomed us with, like, um, just, like, a welcoming party. Their dancers, some of them were break dancing, you know, like, just, like, amazing. And then, and then we had to go on stage to kind of share something. We're like, 
Hannah, what do we share? And then we just, you know, we were like, what can we bring to the table? So we just taught them like an action song, but they, they were amazing. Like they, all that they showed was, was like way better than what we could show. But I just hope that we were able to impart some of our love. And one of the traditions at night is their guests, as in us, we form a line right at the end of the night and then all 200 children pass by us and we give them like a big hug. So that was really amazing to hug like all these kids from ages like, I don't know, two all the way to 17 to say goodnight and saying, Jesus loves you, we love you. So I think that is really memorable. Yeah. Wow. So Brenda, because you went last year to um, Nepal, right? So how is it different this time around? Um, you you going to the orphanage again and um, if you think of people, if you think of uh, some children, they haven't got family, so they have to go to orphanage. We think that uh, they are really unlucky because uh, they they got no parent. But I can see that those children living there, they're happy, they are clean, they they they've been well, uh, they've been fed. So I can see they are this uh, this Korean uh, couple. They are uh, from Korean. They have a heart to serve those uh, those poor uh, people, and so they build their orphanage. They haven't. Uh, they just apart from the mostly from the Korean church. So I see there's a servant heart from from these people. But looking at uh, because I've been uh, for the. Um, uh, the brick factory and the slum area. The, those children, they are more, they are more poor. Uh, if you see, uh, they haven't got a slipper. They just walk in uh, all this mud in in the in the food. So I can see that if uh, coming back here, uh, this is my second time. I see that uh, sometimes we say that oh, uh, we love you, Jesus love you, but I can see some missionary that just go out and just just their action and just tell that that uh, they show their love, uh, God's love to those people or those, uh, yeah. Wow. Um, does anyone else want to share anything else they learned at the orphanage or saw at the orphanage? Yeah, um, I just want to add on uh, about the devotion. Uh, <laughs> we were like, oh, because we, we slept late, we have debrief every night. Um, but Brenda was so fresh, like you, she had to preach at 5 o'clock in the morning. Wow. And it was such a powerful sermon. Uh, and I hope most of the team was awake to hear it. <laughs> but it's very, very good. So, Brenda, good job on that. Um, but I think for, uh, in, a, in a wider perspective, I think uh, a short-term mission has a short-term mission sort of um, benefit. So, uh, you know, how many of you have been blessed by a youth camp? And how long is a youth camp? A youth camp is like two, three days. So, uh, I was telling the team, you know, like, there are people in our lives that we probably met for one, two days, or maybe just a short period of time, but then has, has made an impact on us. So go and be that person for whoever we meet. Um, so so I, do, I do think uh, that, that the team has done such a good job in, in loving the whoever, not just the orphanage, everywhere. Um, but there's also the long-term uh, game where, uh, like, for example, the orphanage, it just shows me how, uh, how amazing... Uh, willing hearts can can be. For example, the orphanage is two couples, and then in Rafaka Church, it's also a couple. But when they are willing to be used by God, it, I mean, it, it just expanded my my horizon. Because uh, when I uh, was thinking, you know, if if you're willing heart, God can use you and uh, move through you, and then you know, signs and wonders come out of you and and make disciples. But what they show me in Nepal was. Uh, more than that, you can you can really change the whole atmosphere. You can change 
the whole culture. Um, for example, the, the orphans, like the team have been saying, everyone that comes in broken in all ways, um, but so changed because uh, of these two stewards that were willing to just uh, host God and, and let God change the people. Because um, I, can't, I can't really imagine 200 kids, they call them father and mother, opa, ma. Um, but if you really think about the time, how 200 divided by 2 is like, um, everyone doesn't get a lot of time with the father and mother, but then they they feel so loved. So I feel like, yeah, God can just do amazing things through us if we're willing, um, and more than what we we can physically do. Uh, for the first church, it's also like I think Silver say three sixty. It's just wow, ministry means so much more to me than um, than leading worship here, which is still ministry. Um, but there's so much more that God can use us. I, I feel uh, to change. Not just people's life, but change culture, change how people we uh, interact, change just bring you know his culture down, um, and and I'm really blessed by by seeing that. Yeah. Wow. So now that you guys are back, um, back in the West, how has it been? Like just processing and debriefing, and and how did this Nepal trip change your perspective as to what God can do, even through you and your your serving here? in the West, or not. <laughs> Let's start with Hannah. Let's work our way down. <laughs> um, I think just to, just to reflect and expand on what Yang said. So I think short-term mission, I've been on about five so far. Um, and I think God's really kind of... I, I kind of knew why I was going on them. You know how sometimes you kind of just do things without really thinking, but um, I think after Nepal, I think God's really put into my head why short-term mission is important, um, and it's it's like a graph for people who like statistics, so you have got your um, y-axis on your sort of a faith level, and your x-axis is a timeline, so if you if you stay in church, and, um, and, and then you go to youth camp, you get like this little peak, and then it, it continues rising up, and then you then get a little peak again, and you get continue rising up, and that's sort of like a general trend. Um, but with mission, it's not just about your faith, um, but also your gift. So all of us have received sort of gift from from God, and actually being out there and intensively using and practicing that gift for twelve days, um, you come back with sort of really learning how to how to how to utilize what God has given you and what it really means. Um, it even you know not not just gifts, but also the word, like to actually really live out the word to actually practically. This is truly. I know what God means by this verse. I, I, I know so much that like, oh, this is what it means in, in a sort of practical living sense. Um, and that's that peak that comes through, you know, mission, mission trip, I find. Um, and, and the beauty of it isn't, isn't coming back and crashing down, but the beauty of it is coming back and actually, you know, being back in the NHS and, and actually God opening up my eyes to see the needs around me, to, to see sort of, sort of people around me that's telling me things that, you know, I... I'm just, th- th- how broken the world is, really. Um, and, and I was just having a conversation with Edwina, who went to Nepal last year, um, and who wakes up at 5 a.m. to do devotions, she, who's now in YWAM in Hawaii, but not on a holiday. Um, and, and God's spoken to her and, and actually said to her, oh, you, you, she is going to come back to NHS to serve. She's going to come back to UK after YWAM. And I just got so excited because I was like, actually, God is doing something in the UK. Um, and it, it, we're not going to mission trips to... to um, yes, we are there to serve, but actually... 
it, it's, it's that practice of your gifts and your spirit and to come back to utilize that in the place that is harder to use because you need that rise in faith to then utilize your faith and your gift in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a place that's so difficult to penetrate. You, you sometimes need that for yourself to then, to then be more effective for God um, in, in where he's called you to be. Wow, that's really great. How about Lily? So um, it, the, I find that the, the two weeks I've had is most meaningful and humbling experience. Um, and also found that it is good to, to give, to give to God and be used as a vessel. So um, I was able, during the trip, I was able to minister to the woman. And as Sylvia say, when they cry, they really literally grieve and cry. And you, you just feel like the Holy Spirit has compassion to them and you minister to them. So um, because I've been through difficult journeys, I've been through days, weeks, months of not seeing light beyond the tunnel, but um, I overcome it through God and through uh, the hope um, that he's given me, um, you know. So, um, so I could, you know, when I come back, or when I'm, that I'm back now, uh, to be able to start ministering to people, that, you know, because I have, I know how it feels, but also at the same time, I know that God can deliver you, mm. you know, and God is our hope. So, uh, and also um, to probably start uh, uh, doing kids works, you know, and, and so that yeah. for future mission or, you know, any, any ministry that I'm working um, to be able to um, be more effective. Um, I think the biggest learning point for me is uh, the realization that I'm just a vessel, a broken one of that. So, and that God loves even broken vessels. He wants to fill them and use them to bless others. So, uh, like I think Isabella said yesterday, give the Holy Spirit more credit. Like, don't give yourself the credit. It's the Holy Spirit flowing through you. So that was a really big learning point for me because I had reservations of going on a mission for the first time. I had reservations of like, like nowhere to sleep. Um, we had to bring our sleeping bags, um, probably nothing to eat, bring loads of snacks, that sort of stuff. So my suitcase, oh, we also packed suitcases because usually when you think of missions, backpack and you go. But I had a massive suitcase all packed, 30 kg sort of thing. Um, so it was really good, full of snacks, full of um, sleeping bags and sleeping arrangements. But we didn't have to use any of that. So it's just oh, to wow. say, you know, God is gracious and he knows our weaknesses. So like, I need to be fed. Um, I, I need to have a bed. And God provided that. We had such like good hospitality it was amazing it was like better than the hotel we stayed at actually um, where we were hosted at the churches at the orphanage so it's just a real blessing and I just want to encourage you that God yeah God provides he's really really gracious um I forgot one thing actually one really important thing that um I really learned it was amazing because when I was talking to Pastor NP I said your 360 degree kind of ministry, how on earth do you afford that? Because people are really poor in Nepal. Um, some people, they're manual laborers or, you know, they're elderly. So their way of saying um, your tithe that you bring, it doesn't have to be monetary. So when people cook every day, they just set aside a handful of rice. So I was like, wow, that's amazing. And then they save it up for seven days and bring it to church on Saturday. So I was like thinking, wow, isn't that amazing? Like in churches that we are, you know, if you can't afford to give a tithe, next time like bull farm, you make rice, pull some out, you know, bring it to church. How amazing is that? Serve the people. Give it, yeah, give it to your pastor. Give Bert some rice. I don't know. Like uh, whatever you're eating, KFC, I don't know. You know, so it was like just thinking outside the box. This church is like it's self-sustaining, but also just they have so much wisdom. So I really learned from that. For me, uh, 
uh, this year was uh, was my second time. Uh, while I go back, I just want uh, to see uh, what God want me to do. And for uh, before preparing the trip, I just uh, see just God in many ways. Uh, one thing I really experienced God is uh, He's a provider. He's my provider because uh, before we went on the trip, uh, I was a bit worried. Uh, not just for this trip, for this trip, or uh, I just planning if I uh, plan to do some more thing, uh, will I be in need? So, but uh, for these two trips, I had experienced that uh, God is my provider. He will provide. Uh, sometimes we a bit worried about, okay, if we go out, uh, we do something, uh, where's the money or where's the other things? But I have really seen that if we can step out, God will provide. And uh, I think in, in many ways. Another thing is uh, I, uh, for this trip, uh, I have a confirmation of just uh, God's call me uh, to go back and do some more things. So this this is my plan. So I plan that uh, maybe in a couple of years' time, when I got more time, uh, so uh, I will go back and do some more. So for the meantime, after I come back from the trip, uh, I will have to prepare myself and just in 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 many way I will prepare because uh, this was my just I just this I will see that uh, because I promised to uh, do something for God long time ago, and God just remind me, and I can't, <laughs> I can't put my promise. So yeah, this was uh, I learned from the trip here. Yeah. Wow. And, and Yang, actually I want to ask a specific question to Yang. So as a, as a leader of this mission team, um, and you bring these teams over to, to like Nepal and to Philippines, you, it's, it, you demonstrate, like, you can see firsthand all the miracles of God, right? And the healings and the powers and people saved. But how come we don't see that often here in the UK? <laughs> like, why don't we see that in Birmingham? Why don't we see it within our church? Like, why don't we see things like that? <laughs> sorry, just um, targeting, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just thinking how much to share. <laughs> okay, sorry, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I do think things are happening in the UK. Uh, Last week in, in church, uh, God healed somebody without even somebody laying hands, you know. Uh, and, um, and I really <laughs> do see healings on a daily, not on a daily basis, but I think it's, it's, it does happen, but it's, it's whether, maybe in the West, we, we, we have so much uh, resources, we're blessed with NHS, we're blessed with uh, a lot of uh, uh, knowledge, so we don't, we don't, sort of rely on God, but um, to just share a little bit of testimony in the UK, um, there are all places, in the, even in Birmingham, that, is, uh, that feels like a mission trip. So I sometimes go on a three-hour mission trip, <laughs> and maybe some of you do as well, to like the, the rougher areas, and, and, um, and we, have, we have the world in front of us, you know, all, all from nationalities from all parts of the world right in front of here. So mission can be really just like, yeah, later, uh, Two to five. Let's go to somewhere and pray for people. Uh, and and um, I've been to some places to pray with um, some church members before. And and we see God move. We see God touch people. Uh, uh, we pray for people from other religion. And and they they just tell me in their own words. They say, I, "Oh, there was this person with a very heavy accent. So 
uh, he said, when I pray for him, he has nightmares and he's like uh, troubled by uh, demons. But in the West, we will probably say, oh, you've you're, you got mental issue. Um, you see how we, how we logic, like, try to make everything to logic. So uh, this person was troubled by demons and has really, really serious night dreams, bad dreams. So I prayed for him and he said, I, ha- I feel this web coming over me when you pray. This web, this web. And then I'm like, what web? It's like spider web. It's like... Am I praying for more curses on you? And then, and then I, I make out his accent. He, he's actually saying, I feel this wave, wave and wave and wave of this thing coming over me, this comfort that I cannot use even my own language to explain. Um, so God is moving in the UK, and, and he just needs willing vessel. And I think one thing that the team really learned uh, is, because we're going out on such a short trip, and a lot of us are not actually serving in any you know, church capacity, so they, we, it's very natural to feel that, oh, uh, who am I to do anything? But, um, yeah, the Bible just say, whoever that believes, these signs will follow whoever that believes. God wants to use all of us. We are all, we are all Christians, right? We are all disciples. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think the UK can see more uh, uh, because God wants to use every one of us, every one of us, yeah. yeah. Can, I, can I just say something? Uh, for, for me, I would say that if you... Uh, in in Nepal, we can see uh, uh, for any uh, meeting, any service after the service, uh, we, we will ask them, anybody want to come, and we will pray for you. And you will see that most of the people sometimes it's just hold the whole church, they will come. I will see that some uh, might be, uh, if you ask why we don't see, I will see that uh, another reason I would say whether we got open heart. If you've got open heart, you want to be blessed. You want to see God's work. You want to see the, uh, uh, the miracles and wonder. Whether you open your heart. If, if you just close and, and, and God won't just push and just, uh, just force uh, you to have something. I think we have uh, opened our heart and we can see God's work. And we can see all those miracles. This is my my thing. Yeah. Thank you so much to the team. Oh, okay, one more. Sorry, just very, very quickly. Um, this this was shared by Young after having a conversation with Prashan, which is Pastor MP's son, which is our host church. So he said, I rather live in a little bit of discomfort, so that you know I, I'm always clinging onto discomfort, so that I'm constantly clinging onto God. I'm always leaning onto God, and I think I think sometimes we're so comfortable that we don't see the fullness of God. And if if it, so, he he can he can be comfortable actually. They can be comfortable because they're given so much, you know. So there's this kind of sort of old way of barter system where they give fish, they get chicken, they get they get they they, have, they, they live in sort of plentiful. But but Prashant said, I choose I choose to live in a little bit of discomfort so that I'm always in the fullness of God. Wow, that's really incredible. Um, so yeah, just to summarize uh, what what they all shared about um, being on the mission field. But it's really great that now that they're back and they're sharing with us as a church and just to hear these stories. I think it's incredible that they have these stories. And I know that, you know, their story continues. Your story also continues. Us as a church, our story continues. And, um, and then I was just praying about, you know, just, yeah, big thanks for you guys. Just, just should we give them a hand? Thank, thank you very much for praying for us and uh, sending us off at all and supporting us in finance and prayer. That's, we can't do it without the church as well. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank should, you. We, should we just pray? Let's just end it with prayer. 
Um, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, you know, how um, amazing you are. You are our faithful Father, and you are always providing for every single need. Even um, the team, as you sent them out, you prepared them, you um, paved away. Um, some of them ha- had to fight for that annual leave. Um, some of them, um, yeah, packed a lot or not. Um, but Lord, I just really thank you, Father, that God, you use them mightily over in that place. We pray, Father, for Nepal. We pray, Father, for the government. We pray, Father, for um, the poverty there and the churches there and the work that they do, how they faithfully serve you, Father. I really thank you, praise you, Father, that you know, even before 2020, um, so many churches were planted. God, you were, that's a demonstration of your goodness and your power over that nation. But Lord, we continue to pray for revival, Lord. And we pray, Father, that God, you um, continue to bless those churches there. Um, we pray, Father, for those orphanages as well, that, Father, with those children, um, that they would continue to see more of who you are and how, how deep your love is for them. We thank you that, Father, this team was blessed um, to see, you know, firsthand um, these miracles happen, to experience that love um, that they share, um, that they experience from you. I really thank you that, God, um, their stories um, that they share today was really encouraging to all of us, Lord. But we know that, Father, their story continues. Our stories continue. But, Lord, may we continue to be used by you. Father, we know that it is a blessing to be part of your kingdom, Lord. But, Lord, would you keep using us? Um, As we always pray, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But Lord, we pray that God, may we be part of your kingdom, extension of your kingdom to be used um, by your power, your your Holy Spirit's power, Lord, um, to to go forth and um, make disciples of all nations. We really thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' most precious name. Amen. All right, so we're going to come back to a time of worship now. Um, just, we're just going to reset this stage. But, um, yeah, it was really good. Good. If you um, are ever interested in more about BLI, um, you can actually go onto their website. Um, I think it's breadandlifeinternational.com. Dot org, sorry, dot org. And basically, there's a lot of testimonies that you can um, read upon or even just to watch their videos about their previous trips. They've been to the Philippines um, and they've, they've been to Nepal. But if you are ever interested in finding out more information, Yang is always around. Um, Jason is also part of it too. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's really incredible how they have their testimonies uh, from these trips. But we all know that, you know, God works also here in Birmingham. God uses all of us. Um, so yeah, it's very exciting. Um, but yeah, so big thank you so much to the team as, um, yeah, they went out there. Um, they're still around. I think they'll be hanging around for lunch today as well. So you can, um, go and grab them and chat more to them. I'm sure there's more stories that we didn't hear about. Um, but, but yeah, don't you think it's exciting that they were part of those stories and like, I personally am so encouraged and blessed just to hear those stories. But, um, but we're just going to come back to a time of worship now because we have a God who is so worthy of worship and to be glorified um, through all. But, yeah, I'm just going to pass the time back over to Hannah.